Hey friends, it's Bethany. I hope you're having a super great week. As you may or may not know, running a podcast means that you are only as good as your technology. That's right. Our technology, you love it or hate it because sometimes it's the worst. And I just wanted to give you a heads up before this episode that when I went to edit this episode, half of it was missing. And I'm really disappointed because this was an amazing conversation with Robin Tobe. And I'm so sad that for whatever reason, my system that I have used for years cut off half of the interview. I decided to still go with it because I think the first half of the conversation is still really, really valuable. But I wanted to let you know because about halfway through, (laughs) it's pretty noticeable. So just keeping it real here on the Motherhood and Money Show. Thanks for hanging out with me. I definitely need to have Robin back in so we can have the full conversation again. It was so good. And I'm so disappointed you didn't get to hear all of it. But I hope you enjoy this week. And we'll be back next week with another awesome episode. Thanks. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Motherhood and Money Show. I'm your host, Bethany Bayless. Join me every week as we talk about all things motherhood and all things money. This is a completely shame-free space where we know there's a lot of ways to talk about motherhood and money. So let's figure it out together. All right, sounds good. Here we go. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the Motherhood and Money Show. I am so excited that you are here. This week we're going to be talking to Robin Tobe of thewisestinvestment.com. She is going to teach us a few things to talk about when it comes to raising financially savvy kids. And I'm really just so looking forward to this conversation with her, talking about things that we can be doing even now with children with very small children like I have, some of the things that we can be doing um, when it comes to teaching them about money. And it's been such a great time of having these conversations and these interviews. I have been bulking up for you of just a lot of interviews back to back as I start to get ready to um, take a little time off from the podcast during my maternity leave. I'm hoping to have episodes still come out so that you guys can keep getting good content. So just know they're not going to be time sensitive. They're gonna, Some of them are not real time. I'm, I'm recording a lot of them early. And um, yeah, this is another really great conversation and just one of those um, that I've been I've been doing back to back and um, it's been a really busy time here. It's been a baby central. This weekend was a lot of fun. We celebrated uh, baby shower for baby number two. Little girl had a cutie themed party. So lots of things that said a cuties on the way and oranges and it was adorable. And it was just so fun uh, to be able to celebrate that with our friends and family. We had a co-ed shower. So our friends and family, everyone was invited and it was just so much fun. And it's so interesting because between you and me, this has been an interesting time for me specifically in the sense of I am reliving a lot of my third trimester memories that I had with Caden. So our baby shower was this weekend and it was emotional on a lot of levels, but I think part of it is just flashing back to the time when I was pregnant, this pregnant with Caden. And it was so different because uh, we were, uh, 
if, if you're not familiar with my story, I hit third trimester right as we went into lockdown for the pandemic. Everything was shut down. We weren't seeing people. We weren't, you know, I, I know that you remember that time. And it was very hard for me to not have those experiences that you you usually have. So I feel like we each have our pandemic story. That's part of mine is is losing the ability to see my family when I was this pregnant. Um, my mom not being able to go to the hospital with me for the birth, not having a traditional baby shower. I was able to have a virtual and a drive-by. Those were both just so unique and so special in their own ways. And I I would get really I would get really sad just grieving a lot of those traditional times that you you think are a given. You think are you're it's a given that your mom is going to be able to rub your belly when you're in your third trimester uh or see you or even try to feel the baby kick or or whatever. And so I'm getting a lot of flashbacks and um and I think I'm allowing myself to work through those emotions and allowing myself to to work through what it, that in a in a way uh, these trauma responses that I I have from that time and it has been it's vastly different like it is a vastly different pregnancy vastly different time um, but I I think about setting up Caden's nursery and washing his little clothes and hanging them up. And like, that was my like safe space. His nursery was my safe space during that emotionally difficult time. And I remember just going in there and like smelling his clothes and (laughs) sitting in the rocking chair and just thinking about him and how, he was the silver lining to just everything going on at the time. And things are so different. (laughs) Like this time around, we obviously, it's a second child. And so it's not that, that new mom first time feel. It is very, very different. I almost forget that I'm pregnant sometimes because of so many places to go and people to see and, uh, watching after Caden and trying to make sure that he's he's fed and all all the stuff. And obviously I haven't had that time of reflection. The nursery is nowhere close to being done. Like it is like barely, barely touched the surface. We haven't painted. We haven't done anything. We have to move around furniture. We have to clean and declutter and just get ready. And we are not there. And this little girl will probably come before we get there. And um it's very different, a very different time. But um, I think I'm just really grateful for this season and how I am able to experience it in a different way. And I think also it's been a lot of self-reflection and giving, I am having a lot of empathy for past Bethany and that third trimester and just a lot of giving myself a lot of grace for that difficult time because it was so <laughs> unprecedented as we would always say in our emails this unprecedented time 
So I just wanted to share that with you and uh, another check-in for the week. And I'm so excited to have Robin on today. She is passionate about helping parents, grandparents, and other teachers have money conversations with their children. Beginning at age five, right through their 20s, she lays out financial roadmap and shares strategies for teaching them about the five pillars of money, earn, save, spend, share, and invest. And we talk about that in our conversation today. Robin is a chartered professional accountant by trading. And she began her career at KPMG, transitioned into real estate, and then landed in the complex world of derivatives marketing at Citibank Canada. Today, she's a professional speaker and the author of The Wisest Investment, an update of the best-selling A Parent's Guide to Raising Money Smart Kids. She lives in Toronto, where she and her husband have raised two mostly money-smart young adults. For fun, she loves to snowboard, cycle, and go to concerts. She even got to go backstage once and meet Bruce Springsteen. I don't know if we'll be able to talk about that today, but here's Robin Tobe on the Motherhood and Money Show. Welcome back to the Motherhood and Money Show. I am here with Robin Tobe. How are you, Robin? I'm great, Bethany. It's nice to be with you. I'm so excited to have you on. We were just talking beforehand how you are in Canada, mm-hmm. which I feel like is uh, much cooler temperatures than here in California, probably. Not in the summer. It's oh, really, really hot here today. Yes, it's hot and humid. Mm-hmm. What is hot for well, you? Well, I'm going to say it in Celsius. So it's 28, but that's probably like the high 80s, I would say. Oh, okay. Yes, Not too bad. Oh, it's nice. That's, that's not too bad. In, in California, we have, are hitting hundred degree temperatures, Ooh. which I can. I wish I could convert to Celsius for you, but probably high thirties and stuff. Yeah, or forties. That's really hot. It's it. It gets there, but you said you visit California, which I would much rather be a visitor of California. Than and I usually come resident. in like November when there's no sun here and it's sunny, but like a oh. nice temperature in California. Or I don't often come in the summer. Well, and I'm so excited to have you on the show talking about money smart kids and um, just raising kids to talk about money and to be good with money. And I love in your bio how you have that you raised two <laughs> mostly smart young adults because yes. I was raised by a financial expert. And I, I number one, appreciate that there's no pressure, right? Like even, even the children of financial experts can make mistakes with money, right? Right. And even the financial experts themselves make mistakes. So absolutely. Yes. I, I mean, I put mostly either like in, you know, italics or whatever. It's kind of like wink, wink. Like I don't want people thinking that, of course, my kids are great with money because I'm a financial expert. Like they are good. I practice what I preach. I put my money where my mouth is, but my kids are, you know, they're, they're human and you know, they, they're not perfect. And I want other parents to feel that, yeah, I can do this too. And even if I'm not a financial expert, I can raise money smart kids and they don't have to be always perfectly money smart. Most of the time is pretty great. I really appreciate that no shame stance (laughs) because Mm -hmm. again, like I talk about money and I am constantly making mistakes about money. And when we take the shame out of it, like it has nothing to do with intelligence. It has nothing to do with like how good of a person you are. It's very morally neutral. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, money, money in general is not morally neutral. You know what I mean? (laughs) But, uh, 
Yeah. And I agree. There is a lot of shame and sometimes embarrassed. People feel like they should be doing better at this stage of their lives, whatever stage that may be, than they are. And they don't want to talk about it. So mm. we want to kind of get, break some of those taboos, especially between parents and kids, because parents are really important teachers for their children, mm. you know, in life in general. But for sure, when it comes to money. Uh, how do your kids feel about like that side of things too? Of like, they know that you let them fail, right? <laughs> Is right. that a thing? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, as they get older and you've taught them a, f- a few skills and they have s- some confidence, um, it's really important to let them make mistakes and fail and not bail them out so that they learn um, from those mistakes. And, you know, the whole thing with money is that it's finite. And mm-hmm. once you make your choices, you have to live with the consequences. So I think, you know, that's why I like to tell parents, try to start when your kids are young so that they can make them those mistakes when the stakes are low rather than when they're older and those, those mistakes can be more expensive and harder to dig out of. Oh, absolutely. And I, today we're going to be talking about three ways to raise money smart kids. And mm-hmm. the very first point is, uh, like you just said, start early, right? Absolutely. I mean, the way I uh, approached it in the book is to, I, I start with the category of young kids. So that's five to eight, roughly. And so when they're, when they're that little, um, you want to still start with cash because cash is tangible and concrete and, and it's not conceptual like digital money or electronic. And, you know, it's fun and engaging for them. So you always want to make sure the information you share is age appropriate. But even at that young, uh, young child stage, you can still talk about earning because they get money for birthdays and holidays or from the tooth fairy. You can talk about saving. You can talk about spending for the small little things that they want. Um, and I even, you know, talk about sharing and investing. Those are my five pillars of money. And I cover them at every stage, even the young kid stage. Uh, can we just dwell on the young kid stage for a little bit? Yeah, how old is yours? My son is two. He just oh, turned two sweet, in May. Sweet. Okay. And I'm even wondering, like, are there things that maybe don't have to do with money, but th- ways that we interact with our kids, even so early as two, that can mm-hmm. start setting up those habits ahead of time? You know, like, I'm even starting to, like, he's two, doesn't understand a ton. However, we talk about money. Like, I show him money and cash and say, we have to pay for this or uh, just narrating a lot of what we're doing. Amazing. You're doing that already, which is fabulous because that is one of my three strategies is to look for these teachable moments Mm. to build a money lesson into your day-to-day lives because we're always interacting with money. We're always transacting. So it's just taking a minute and explain to your child in an appropriate way, like you're doing for a two-year-old, what you're doing and why. And as Mm. your kids get older, those five pillars that I mentioned of earn, save, spend, share, and invest, they don't change, but the specific topics within each of the five do. So, you know, again, a two-year-old, yours may be ready to learn a little. If they're expressing Mm. interest or curiosity about money or asking you questions, you know, take advantage of those, um, of those to, to do a little money lesson, a little teachable moment. Yeah, we're kind of at the point too where uh, one of the things we do for fun as you know, a mom of a toddler is we go to Target. And so he yeah. knows what Target is. He's like, Target. <laughs> and apparently he was asking grandma the other day if he could go to Target because he knows. What does he like he there? Does. He loves all of the, he usually gets like, um, I don't do it every time, but we walk through a section and he gets to put, um, 
we don't always get a toy every time I should say, but he puts everything in the cart. So I will hand right. it to him and be like, all right, turn around and put it in the cart. So he'll put it in the cart. And then when it gets time to go pay, he'll put it on the, the, um, the belt. So, all right, let's put, we got to go pay now. Let's put it onto the belt. And he loves, he loves helping. It's the best for oh, him if I he can that. hand it to the cashier. Like, and the cashiers are so sweet with him. Yeah. They will like, patient. they'll, they'll hand it to him. you like, all right, can you hand it back to me now? So that's then, what we do at Target. Oh, that's perfect. And then even like, as he gets older, when you pay, if you're using a debit card, a credit card or cash, you can talk about what you're using and why. And if it's cash and, and the teller hands back the change and the receipt, he can count, you know, he'd see, oh, this costs $18.50. I paid with a 20. I'm getting back $1.50. So there's so many ways to build like a little money or math lesson. I was at Walmart last weekend and I saw this probably like two or three year old pushing like, you know, they have the kitty carts and it was yes. even for him, it was so tall and he was like <laughs> stretching his arms yeah. straight up into the air to push this thing. It was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm staying out of the way from that because I thought, oh, he's going to crash into me. But it was so cute. And yeah, I mean, I think shopping, whether it's for groceries or at Target or Walmart, is just the best way to talk to your kids about like, again, as I get older, like household budgeting and needs versus wants and having a list and shopping from that and, and using coupons, especially now with inflation um, running at record highs, we need to get the most for our money. And you're probably doing lots of things when you're shopping at the store to make sure you do. So talking about that with your kids. I love it so much because I feel like I feel that one validated, <laughs> like slightly. I'm like, oh, good, this we're doing it right. Um, and then the other thing is just looking forward to having those money conversations and starting them maybe even before he can understand. But uh, you talk about like the right age to start teaching kids, and we're talking, mm -hmm. you know, we're still in the start early portion mm -hmm. of this, and so it's. Um, when is quote unquote the exact right time? Can we start sooner or is it, you know, is it different? I think you got to let your kid be your guide and you know your child best. So in the book, I do say young, the, you know, the young kid age category starts at five to eight, but that's not a hard and fast thing. If you have a precocious child who's really interested and you can see that, you know, they're eager for more information and learning, go for it. Start earlier. I, I think the real issue is not to wait don't mm. wait until your kids are teens to have the money talk. You yeah. want to start talking about it early. You want to teach those basics, the five pillars again, and lay that foundation so that they can build on it as they get older. And again, you want to give them a chance to make those mistakes. So whether it's mm -hmm. buying a, a toy at Target that they regret, um, whether it's going out after school with their friends once they're a little older and like blowing a lot of money at, you know, Starbucks or somewhere and not having enough to go out on the weekend, like again, not rescuing or bailing them out because you're wanting them to learn from that. Oh, absolutely. And and failing on a small scale is a mm -hmm. lot better than failing on that massive scale, like you said earlier. Yeah. And what I hear from a lot of people I speak to is the typical failing on a massive scale happens when they go to university or college and they get bombarded with credit card offers mm -hmm. and they take one out not knowing that you're actually borrowing money, you know, for that short term period until the statement is due. And if you don't pay it off in full, then interest kicks in at really high rates. So a lot of people make that mistake. They're just naive. No one's ever taught them. Again, no shame, no judgment. It's not your fault if you didn't know how it worked. So 
So with that naivety, people make mistakes. And then as you know, with credit card debt, it can really snowball and get out of control. So you're trying to prevent that. And again, the credit card conversation can be had when your kids are a little bit older, when you're using it, when you're w- pulling it out or your phone to, to pay for something. Yeah, I actually, my parents put us on their credit card Mm -hmm. when we were still in high school Mm -hmm. so that we could fail a little bit, you know, but not on a level where we are incurring the consequences. They are walking us through it. Yeah, a supplementary card on family card. And that's that's Mm -hmm. often... you know, a f- the first credit card you have, if if your family can afford that and wants to do that, because you can't get your own until you're of the age of majority. But like you said, you've already had the training wheels on, right? Yes. The guardrails. Mm-hmm. And by the time you are the age, you can get your own card and you hopefully won't make those mistakes. And then you take on that responsibility of of making the payment on time and building your credit score and your credit history. Yeah. And, you know, another point too, is that our kids, even at the young age, even at, you know, when they become teenagers, all of these points, they're watching. And I've always heard that yes. more is caught than taught. And oh, just like them, they Where see it all. I heard it from, no, I did more not. I cannot take credit for that. That's actually Rachel Cruz. <laughs> so Very good. Yeah. But the they're, they're watching everything. They see how you talk about money. They see how you feel about money. They see they all of the that. things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so yes. how, how can we, you know, be the best modelers of this, even from an early age too? And we've already talked so much about it, but specifically mm-hmm. modeling for kids when we don't even realize what's happening. Well, that is my second strategy, actually. Oh, hey, look at that transition. Yeah, so we talked about teachable moments, and now we're talking about the importance of being a good financial role model. So Mm. trying to lead by example, and that begins with getting your own financial house in order. So I talk about these 11 healthy habits of financial management. So knowing where you stand, your net worth and your cash flow, um, paying yourself first. So saving on a regular basis and making it automatic, knowing the difference between needs and wants, teaching delayed gratification, having a safety net like an emergency fund and insurance, uh, having wills and powers of attorney. So there's so many things that as parents, as adults, we can do to get our financial life in order. Mm -hmm. And I believe that our kids are seeing that. And they're watching and listening and learning from us. And they, I know with mine, they for sure see me at my desk, looking at my banking. Uh, you know, I use an app on my phone to categorize my spending and keep track of things. They see me do my taxes. So they know that I'm putting time into my personal finances and staying on top of it. And I think that being conscientious that way, it rubs off. Mm. You know, those are some ways that you, you can set a good example. I think, you know, your kids will, pick up on, you know, your attitude towards your work and your job and your spending. And actually I have created this role model self-assessment for parents to, to figure out what kind of role model they currently are and what, what kind they, they can be. And as it's in the book, but it's also available for free on my website. So it's it's the book's website. Yeah. The wisestinvestment.com. So if people are interested in checking that out, if they never thought about, Hmm, what kind of example am I setting or what am I teaching my kids with my money behavior? Check out the role model self-assessment on, on uh, the wisestinvestment.com. 
Oh, and I can definitely link it in our show notes as well. Mm -hmm. So if they go to the show notes, they can click directly to that because I'm fascinated of like, I would love to take that to see how I am modeling this for my son. And thank you for doing what you do of helping parents teach your kids about money. It's uh, something I... I'm passionate about, and I love that you are out there doing it um, in such a wonderful way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much again, Robin. I so appreciate you coming in. And thank you so much again to Robin. Our conversation, I wish it went a lot longer. I'm going to have to have Robin in again um, to talk about, keep talking about great ways to set up financial habits with your kids. And even as we continue the conversation, as children are growing and getting older, this is such an important topic. And so definitely one we want to spend a lot of time on here at the Motherhood and Money Show. And if you would like to reach out to us, you can go hang out with us over on Instagram at Motherhood and Money Show. You can also go to motherhoodandmoneyshow.com and click on the tab that says send us a heart note, which is our listener letter. And if you haven't yet, we would love it if you left us a review, rate us over on Apple Podcasts. It really helps when it comes to getting this podcast out to lots of other people. And thank you so much again for hanging out with us this week. I hope that you are having a great day, that you are feeling like you are ready to take on the world. And if you're not, it's okay. I I feel those days too. And I just always want to remind you, you're doing an amazing job. Like You are truly an amazing mother. And I'm so proud of you. Thanks so much again for listening. I'll see you next week for another episode of the Motherhood and Money Show. Bye-bye.